Hey everyone, it's Joel. If you do not know me, I am the founder of the Moonlighters Club podcast. If you do know me, hello. Um, we're in a new season. It's been pretty crazy uh, getting stuff together, but a while ago, I think 2020, I had a video basically talking about everything that had happened from 2019 through early 2020. But right now, it's 2021 uh july so this will probably be live in september i'm assuming i got some stuff to do in august to get ready for podcast related so where we are now is i've recorded about 15 eps and uh we're ready to kick a new season off i got plenty more that i'm planning plenty more things that i have to do actually in the next coming month regarding episodes but we're focused i got a new gig new job completely remote new line of people to interview, new opportunities with the Moonlighters Club, and I'm ready to kick things off. So before I do, uh, this particular episode is actually from 2019, December 2019. It was the last last month that I was living in Boston, Massachusetts before I moved to Washington, D.C., where I live now. I have three episodes from this time frame. Uh, 2020 just got pretty sad and crazy, but... The three of the three I have from that time frame, uh, my last month in Boston. This is the first one. Uh, I interviewed Alex Bennett. I went to school with him at Suffolk University. We've been friends for a while. We've both tried multiple entrepreneurial pursuits since we met each other, and we met up in the Boston Public Library and on Boylston Street in Copley, in the media lab that they have down there. So this will be on video as well as audio. And uh, we decided to catch up and have a Moonlighters Club interview, and it was awesome. It was good to catch up. Two old, haggard entrepreneurship vets trying to find their way uh, to figure things out. So as of now, uh, Alex is actually in Columbia. I think he's living there. I'm in D.C. Um, Not Columbia, but probably twice as humid. And uh, we're still figuring things out. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It is the beginning of a new season. Welcome. Thank you for listening. And I hope you're able to pull something from this. Thank you. All right, let me get my posture right. This is the first time we're using chairs like this. Right. Generally, um, it's a work on lower, yeah. lower. Uh, but everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. So I uh, want to take some time to go back to what we do best, and that's talking to entrepreneurs who have to work, uh, like myself. <laughs> so everyone, give it up for my boy, Alex Bennett. Well, I don't know how you give it up. There's no one here. <laughs> but uh, Alex and I have, uh, we've been, I've known you since what, 2015? Was yep, that? Yep, yep. We met at Suffolk University. Amazing institution. Amazing school. But we met in the entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship program. And you are like me. It's like no matter what we were going to be doing, we weren't going to be working. Like every, you were the only person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only person I would bump into that wasn't like crushed from the weight of the world. <laughs> so like, I feel like everyone who's in the entrepreneurship program, I would see, yeah. like, what are you doing right now? They're like, oh, man, I work at JP Morgan, man. <laughs> like, I, work at yeah. I just remember you just having a drive and everyone wanted to talk to you about what you were doing. Um, and you were like ahead of me. 
And uh, yeah, it was it was inspiring to see that uh, someone from Suffolk could do something cool because uh, there's a lot of people in Suffolk that aren't doing anything cool. <laughs> but it was just good. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you weren't there, I would have felt even more out of place. So <laughs> yeah, man, we got a lot coming. We I think it's we have an interesting point of view. We both went to school later. Like I went back to Suffolk when I was 28. Yep, 28. Yep, I was 28 when I went back as well. <laughs> I had to take freshman classes, and <laughs> yeah. it was so weird, man. Because I mean, technically speaking, I'm a millennial, but like trying to explain why like group work is important to a 20 year old yeah. and you're like i get it but i hate you <laughs> like, I, like we gotta get we gotta get this done and i think that our projects were like more important to us so one thing that i remember connecting with you about is that it's more worth it uh to just do the work and just communicate with everyone instead of trying to get other people to do things that you know you're going to have to redo. And kind of this perspective of, yeah, I mean, teamwork is great, but it, it seems to us that we're taking it more seriously than right. everyone around us. Yeah. And so because of that, it was more worth our time to just get things done. And so that was something that we would just joke around about, you know. And, and uh, yeah, the entrepreneurship department, I think in any university is interesting because you have some people who are actual entrepreneurs, uh, but that is a very, very small minority of people in any entrepreneurship department, as yeah. a matter of Suffolk or, or, or any other place, um, which, which makes for a very strange dynamic, in my opinion. Yeah, man, it, it, which is a funny point because you're right. Only a few people wanted to start a business like yeah. that. If that was super interesting. You know what? Why'd you pick? No, go ahead. What you well, say? one thing is the few people that wanted to start a business, uh, all of them have been on the Moonlighters podcast. I remember yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Entrepreneurship Lounge in the summer of 2015. That was that was my first summer. Um, so coming out of the military, started going to Suffolk, met Joel and John and Andres. Yep. And all four of us had something that we were incredibly passionate about. Yeah. Um, so you, it was fit us, which I still think is amazing. Um, with John, it was yum, yum picks, uh, which I, you know, it was a really cool idea. He was driven, you know, the way that that guy would talk about that would, would inspire me. Um, I was working on straw straws, um, which was a company we we're making drinking straws out of straw before it was cool. That was 2015. Literally no one was doing it. No one was doing it. <laughs> and Andres uh, was developing software to connect uh, food trucks with each other. And it was funny how that that little period, and it was the summer when there was no students there. Yep. And uh, I just, it was funny that I just, we just felt that Suffolk was more productive when it was just us. Yeah, <laughs> there was, yeah. you know, not, not as many students around, you know? No. So it, it, what, do you know why you picked entrepreneurship? Um, I picked it. I actually initially was doing finance. The reason I picked it is because I decided that there was nothing that was going to make me happy other than my project succeeding. And so entrepreneurship allowed me to use all the classes as projects to work on what I was working on. Also for me, I was you know getting paid to go to school. So it was this aspect of like, I have so much time um, where I get this paycheck and I wanted to um, get straw straws off the ground, which I, you know, we had a successful Kickstarter, um, which completed in the fall of 2015, um, got some customers, designed a lot of plans, um, did a lot of things that ended up not working out. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously a lot of work and learned a lot from, from all of uh, that process. Uh, but yeah, that's why I, I chose entrepreneurship is because it was basically, I am an entrepreneur, you know, so I might as well choose, uh, the, the, the subject matter that, that 
it, you know, is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is pretty much how that works. When you were done with Suffolk, did you jump? Because I know you were already, you were always working on something on the side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you jump right into work yep. right after? Yeah, a week later, uh, I started at SiteSpect, which is really close to, it's about 200 yards from Suffolk University. Uh, it's a startup that is an e-commerce personalization engine. And uh, I was a business development representative for about six months there. Okay. Um, so it's basically like I interviewed a lot at the last semester of college, you know, just seeing where I would go. And then it just happened that like, they were always like, well, you can start, but I was was still finishing classes. And then, so I just got a call basically right before I graduated. And, uh, you know, sometimes I do well in interviews and uh, I got a a pretty good job. Uh, and, And I did that for six months. And then I moved into a job as a solutions consultant, um, in a closing role, uh, so that was a draw for me to move from one company to the other. Um, and I was there for about a year. Um, so that was a solutions consultant. It was a demanding job. Um, I had 110 accounts um, that uh, were of all kinds. We did uh, document management and data analysis, really crowded space. Um, the the company is called Simtrax. Uh, their product is garbage. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That's one thing you get out of me is honesty. <laughs> how, how miserable were you working? Because uh, Alex <laughs> suffers what uh, most of our guests suffer, and I suffer from is being too smart for our own damn good. And you, your thing is, you're that guy who, if you said something really stupid, he's just gonna people in the back like, uh, actually, no, that's an awful idea. <laughs> so what was that like in the workforce? You'd yeah. already started trying tries. You'd already done a ton of yeah. work. And I, and I, you know, I'd been in the military. Um, as an aircraft mechanic. And so it is true, you know, these entry level positions are, are, I would say, more challenging later in life. But I also think that uh, having a positive outlook and just realizing that, um, you know, I'm gaining really valuable experiences in both of those positions, you know, there was times where I didn't like it. But um, overall, I was really uh, fortunate to get the jobs happy, um, that I was able to learn so much. I also have kind of this, this mindset that, because I've bounced around so much with so many different jobs, you know, now I'm working at the Census Bureau, you know, they can't know that I'm working on uh, smoking statues, you know, it's a government job. Yep, you know? yep. um, and, and so all these different things that I, I, I now look at it that um, I feel like the 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 employers are getting the short end of the stick here. Because I'm going to, uh, you know, the truth is that uh, my 40% is oftentimes worth than someone else's 100%. Uh, but that's not really good for the team. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, you know, that th- these are just things that I'm realistic about. Um, you know, I, I, I do you know, with Simtrax, I didn't feel bad about moving on. Uh, because of the way that company treats its employees. It's a very strange French company. Um, I, I, this, this, this guy who's an executive with IBM, you know, he's been in this space for 28 years and he's doing less than 2 million in sales. Stop it. Move on, please. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, as someone who's a struggling entrepreneur, I'm still uh, reserved my right to judge people based on the fact that they are not talented. There's, I feel like you, what you realize when you get into a corporate, the corporate uh, world is there are just people who are good at playing at being in that world. Yeah, it's oh, not absolutely. always, about, well, most of the time it's not about skills, man. It's like, most of the jobs I've been to, I get ahead because people like being around me. So, yeah. like, period. Like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm competent, but let's be honest. <laughs> there are people who are 
twice as competent as me, twice as smart as me, but they're not hilarious. They're not, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They don't like, they don't watch football. They don't play fantasy. Yep. So people are like, yo, I know you're good, but I'm like, I don't interact with you this age. Sure. So there are people who just know how to work that to, you know, their advantage. And that's kind of where I'm like, dude, I don't even want to do this. Like, even though I know, yeah. I can laugh at these jokes and go hang out. It's like, I don't, then it's not about work. Yeah. Then if I'm doing this, why can't I just do this anywhere else? Why can't I just walk around and be a popular dude? And I don't know, start a YouTube channel or something like. Yeah. And, I, and there's always like, you know, that's the sales aspect where it's like people want to talk to certain people and there's this relationship building aspect. And then because you build a relationship, you're able to teach them something. And that's where you bring the value, you know, and, and over the two uh, jobs where I was in technology sales, uh, BDR, and then a solutions consultant, I, I, I one thing. I was lucky I had a, a sales leader that gave me this book called The Challenger Sale. And it talked about the difference between the relationship builder and then the challenger teacher. Um, and, and I think that to, to, to be able to teach people stuff, you have to build that relationship. You have to joke around with them. You have to, you know, they have to want to learn from you. Yeah. Um, and so that desire from them to want to learn from you is where you're valuable, you know? Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot, uh, you know, to be said to, for, for people that are just, uh, not they're nice to the people around them <laughs> you know so in the midst of all this you'd already had multiple things you work on where did uh where did smoking statues come from like what was the spark because i know straw straw is about straws me out of straw you you're from maine you kind of you know yeah. agriculture you know how that goes down uh, uh your other the work which you can get to if you want to like i garage like you you're very hands-on stuff i know but when you told me about this, I was just I was curious. Like, what what was the what was the idea bolt that popped in your head? Where you're like, all right, this is this is a thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I guess we just bounced around, talked about a whole bunch of different stuff. It's probably hard for people to follow, but I'm very happy to talk about smoking statues um, and where the idea came from originally, um, and that is actually Germany. Uh, my mom remarried a German guy when I was 11 years old, and so I went over and lived in Germany for two years, um, and I found over there. Uh, in a lot of places, there was these little hand-carved, hand-painted figurines, and these were called Heuschemenschen. Um, and for my friends, my German friends, they didn't think they were that cool because it's kind of like, you know, some regular tradition, um, I don't know, like candy corn or something. It's just not that exciting if it's around everywhere. But for me, as an American who saw these hand-carved, hand-painted figurines, I was like, these things are amazing. And they just drew me in right away. Um, I just really liked the, 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 the different village characters that they had, the different characters that they painted, um, and the fact that there was this incense cone and it had smoke coming out of the mouth. Uh, so it really drew me in. Um, and then basically, it, I just had this idea of adapting this uh, for American artists, um, because, you know, the idea of having something that an artist can paint that's character art um, that they can design themselves is something that I knew that artists, you know, in the United States would really love. So it would, when, because at what point did you think you could make a business out of this? Was this mid you working on another one, another one of the other businesses where you kind of like would play around with stuff? Or at what point was like, no, nah, I'm gonna do this? Yeah. So it actually was something that I did. Um, before I went into the Marine Corps. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I, yeah, I was, I was yeah, that's right. Yeah. San Diego, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So Sorry. If, if, yeah. No, no, it's all good. There's it's, I, it's, 
like, for example, this backstory, I don't describe this on the Kickstarter video or, or the YouTube <laughs> video because there's just too much backstory yeah. and it's hard to follow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I stick with the German backstory and then this intergalactic origin story that we'll get to in a second after I finish describing uh, really where this came from. Um, and so basically, uh, I was living in California and I was uh, bartending over there and I was uh, managing a cell phone store. And this is after I'd moved over there because um, I was working in Maine where I'm from and there was a fire um, at our family business uh, called Bennett Wholesale Flores. And this was in 2008 and it completely burnt down and we were underinsured. So I didn't have work and I decided I wanted to go surfing. <laughs> so which i'm not that good of a surfer still i that tried guy. really hard i try i'm still <laughs> snowboarding i'm from maine so obviously gonna be easier for me um but so i went over there to california and um one of the things it, that i started then over there was uh smoking statues and i was selling these and they were rastafarian figurines nice. so these are completely there's it's a different thing i basically at that time i took the german style and i made it for venice beach Okay. Um, okay. And I was I was selling them on Venice Beach. I'd go there um, Tuesday mornings. There was a lottery, and that would determine the spot that you would have. Um, and I was selling them over there. But the design that I had made had a flaw, and that flaw is that there was not enough airflow that would come from the bottom of the figurine that would bring the smoke from the incense to the top. Um, and what that would do is it would put out the flame. Um, and it would stop it from working. Um, but I was able to sell them to six stores because the demonstration that I would do kind of like this hustle that I would do to these smoke shops. And I didn't consider it a hustle really because I was selling them the figurine and I was showing them that it worked, but I would also stop it right after the smoke came out through the mouth. <laughs> yeah. And what would happen is after a minute it would go out. And so these stores, basically, some of them complained, um, and I did not have the money to reinvest yeah. um, to change the design, right? And, and initially, it was actually, it was my fault that it got to that point, because the design that I had originally made had that problem solved through ventilation from the bottom, right? And I got this sample, and me uh, being 21 years old at the time... I, I got the sample and I was like, this is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, And this is like, this is actually a life lesson for me that good enough is not good enough. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I, it was good enough for me to get into six doors because I would hide the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would hide the fact that it would go out. Um, and so uh, after about six months of this process of selling them on Venice Beach. And, you know, I was working as a valet. Um, I was working in a cell phone store. Um, and I was working as a waiter Two of the, not all three at once, but, um, and so things weren't working out. And uh, I had a friend from Maine, um, that would come visit me. He was stationed, um, at, uh, Pendleton, which is close to, to LA. He would come up and would go surfing, would hang out. And, uh, then one time I went down there to his base, um, and, uh, partied with a bunch of Marines. And then I was at the recruiting station the next week and, uh, I w went to, to boot camp a few months later. So that was, uh, yeah, it was kind of the reason I joined the Marine Corps was certainly an entrepreneurial failure. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, but, but that being said, uh, there's also other reasons like, uh, my desire to serve my country. Um, so, you know, it, I, but I think that's also true of anyone who goes in the military. Uh, there's never just one reason. 
Um, and, uh, and, and my story is no different. Um, and, and it, it really also gave me the opportunity after, uh, coming out, um, with more discipline, um, with more, you know, leadership skills, with more experiences, um, and having thought about so many of my ideas, yeah. um, for four and a half years. So the whole time you're in the Marines, you're still like, yo, when I get it's yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yep. So, wow. That's, uh, so many things just popped to my head. So you'd always remembered this. And I remember you brought this up when you were working on your other things. Mm. Uh, what motivated you to, to prioritize this uh, at the time that you did? Yeah. Um, well, the it, timing, because I really felt um, that the cannabis art market is growing, that all of these stores are popping up everywhere. They're selling somewhat similar products yeah. for this market. And the question is, um, after the boys and girls get high, what are they going to do? <laughs> you know, yeah, um, and, and right. And, yeah. and, and it's not just that because, you know, I don't smoke very often and, um, you know, it's just for artists. Right. And it's just a market that's really blowing up right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that basically I knew that I could accomplish easier than, than the other projects. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's I, I awesome, but also it, no, just awesome that, you keep your ideas. I remember when I was at Suffolk and I was working on my app and it's end all be all for most entrepreneurs you meet. Like any idea they have, they're like, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to kill myself. It's like, bro, like people would tell us like, yo, like they I all don't work. Way. I felt that way. They're like, yo, you could, they like all the professors, like, like not even professors, but people like me, they're like, you could do other stuff and you absolutely can. There, there is a timing uh, component involved in all the stuff that we do. So I, I think it's super cool that you didn't forget any of this stuff because Full circle, crazy how these things come full circle. Like from yeah. twenty one until now, <laughs> yeah. I would have never thought. Like, yeah, we all thought we would be legal and things would ship, but I didn't think it would be like this. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the market now is yeah. insane. Yeah. For like, it's absolutely it's super crazy. And and artists of all kinds, right? The people are really putting efforts into their passions. They're doing it. You know the, what this program is all about. You know, doing it on the side. You know, making it work because you really care about it putting in the time into your art, you know, whether it be DJs, painters, all these different types of people um, want to represent their brand, want to put visual art out there. Um, and smoking statues is basically visual art, you know, and it's a way for, for artists to reach their audience, to give them something different um, at an affordable price. So, yeah. so if someone wants to do that, how do you even get started? I've never done anything related to merchandise. I've only done content related stuff or technology. Sure. So if you're like, all right, I want to do this. What, it, how do you even get started? Yeah. Um, so we are offering these at an affordable price for artists. And because of that, um, we're making them where all ceramic figurines are made, which is China. Um, and, uh, the, the expertise is there and that allows us to work with basically all of these different manufacturers, uh, who have been doing this for years to get the product just the way that we wanted it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so so this ceramic bisque that we have here, um, it is a hardened ceramic bisque that is porous and that allows you to paint it. Uh, acrylic paints are the best, but all different types of paints are possible uh, to use. Um, and so the process is really working with all these different manufacturers, um, getting samples. Um, you know, the, the start is, is the design process. In that, did you do that yourself? Like, yep. the, 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 so do you have to what 3D model this bad boy? Exactly, yeah. Okay. And okay. then, um, think about how the two components are going to come together. And so, this is basically the fit allows for the weighted head 
to just be snug. Yeah. And then this right here is this notch that allows for the airflow. And so you can see straight through to the top. Yeah. Um, and then the apex of the cone sits right there and it just exhales out the top. Nice. It's yeah. trigonometry right there. You know, I think it's super funny that like with people here made in China, like you're just like, ah, but folks don't understand. Like when I was at Suffolk, me and a couple of friends were going to make something for tourists. It was like a, a map. It was mm. called Boston Uncharted. And we oh, wanted to, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were just going to make a map <clears throat> that the map <clears throat> itself was cool. And you'd carry around, see different places, and we would just ask restaurants to be featured on it. 30 bucks here, whatever. And I remember we were like, we got to get a map that's like durable, foldable, kind of rubbery, water is it? We mm -hmm. listed like 30 things. We hit up, I think it was through Alibaba. Like we hit up- AliExpress is uh, time. Yep, yep. We hit up merchants in China. Literally, we gave them the most vague things ever. They were like, oh yeah, we have this exact thing right here. Right, yeah, yeah, For yeah. like 80 cents. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, you just got to order a certain amount of amount. People don't understand like yeah. that whole stigma, You got, that's got to go. Like if you make it stuff, you're not making it. You're not making it. You couldn't make this for an affordable price. <laughs> no. I'd, I'd have to charge like $50 per figurine. If yes. You, you know, it's, and, and uh, you know, it's something that we're- it just we're making our figurines where they're made, you know, and and adapting our design uh, to make it affordable uh, for artists to be able to paint something and give to their friends, you know. Um, and and we also know that, well, okay, it's actually that we don't know what the future holds, right? So like, if robotics are making everything a lot easier in ten years, we're we're obviously going to be continuously looking at what the best way is to make our product, you know? Um, and currently there's no doubt about it. The, the, the best way to make it is in China. Um, and, and we have great partners over there. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I guess maybe Trump doesn't like it or does Trump like it? I, I guess, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it literally changes. Yes, yes, so. <laughs> uh, so how is it going now? Like I've gotten so much better at juggling, uh, uh, juggling duties between work and not work. Uh, some of that maybe because of motivation has changed, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but now because I've done it before, like, I'm like, all right, cool. I can just do one thing, two things. Now that you've already done a, a bunch of other things that you can revisit now that you're working on this, how is it at work now? Cause your job's different from mine. I'm at a startup, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Your job is totally different. So how is it rationalizing your time, rationing your time, excuse me, uh, splitting duties and just making sure you're getting stuff done then. Yeah, right now where I work, I can't do much, uh, you know, stuff at work. I mean, I get emails in and stuff, but I have to be careful because it's kind of a newer job. I, I was a, a census supervisor, which is a work at home position, which that was, I could just do whatever I want. It was amazing. Um, yeah. And that was a really cool job because I was supporting these canvassers and I like the mission of the census itself, right. uh, which is to get good data um, for us to be able to know who's where and so that the money can be allocated um, equitably for, for the people who need it. Um, so I, I really like the mission of the census, but to answer your question about working, you know, on what's important to me, um, and juggling, uh, my job. The, so my position before work at home, amazing. And obviously I think all entrepreneurs search for those work at home jobs, you know, um, to, to, to just have that flexibility. Um, I think when I drove Uber for about a year and some change, um, yeah, about a year and two months. That was, uh, you know, it was 
really good for for entrepreneurship because you know I could stop at any time to make a phone call. Yeah, you know I could. Well, I mean, you schedule it and stuff, but it, you know you you can just work whenever you want. And then also, I would talk to people. You know, I've probably gotten definitely. I'm going to say at least. 20 followers on smoking statues. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. Hitting people up. You know, people want to talk. I'd say, well, about 40% people want to talk. And that's, as an Uber driver, that's a really important thing to not talk to people who don't <laughs> want to be talked to because I'm that person too. And then it's just, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> how long, so how long have you been going, uh, going hard once you jump back into smoking statues? Um, so I have been doing smoking statues for. I, I, you know, three years really from the conceptual design, uh, to, uh, yeah, December, December, 2017, no, September, 2017, September, 2017. But that time, you know, I've, I was working yeah. at, at, you know, at that time I was a BDR still, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I also did this smoking statues as a as a project for a class with Shashil Batia. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so yeah. That, but the thing is like when you're doing the production aspect of it, you know, I'm waiting for samples. So there could be two or three weeks where there's nothing to do. You know, I just have to wait for the sample. Yeah. True. Know? True. Um, and then also the way that I've done this, you know, I, I'm, my entrepreneur, I do things my way. I'd love to do things other people's way because, uh, in terms of like, I, I'm not yet successful. Right. That's right. what I'm saying. Um, and so, um, but for me, I've had to market this and use my skills as a filmmaker. Um, and I put a lot of time and effort into that. And, you know, I do think that that is the right way for me to go about it with the resources that I have, you know, yeah. I have a very limited marketing budget, but I have video skills. So we shot this, um, this intergalactic narrative origin story, um, where this actress gets a figurine shot down from an intergalactic other dimension. And, uh, then she fights back, takes control and brings art to life. Check it out. Mother's statues on YouTube. Other statues. <laughs> we'll link to it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, wait. I started by just putting myself down, saying that I suck. <laughs> <laughs> what's your? What's your? What do, you, what do you think is your favorite? Out of all the things you do, what is your? Um, what aspect of growing this do you enjoy the most? Is it the creative stuff? It sounds yeah. like it may be the yeah. creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why. That's this is such a creative project. It's all art. It's all design. It's all connecting with artists. Yesterday, I was at a brewery and I talked to like. 12 different painters. And that is actually something that I really like about this project is that one of my big jobs is to just tell people that they're awesome. It's like what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Your art is awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Come up with yeah. different, and it's true. I, you know, I find artists I like, I tell them that their art is awesome. And then I have them paint figurines. Like that's the important thing that I have to do right now because then people like before people see them painted, all different awesome ways, which you can see on smokingstatues.com. Uh, so yeah, smokingstatues.com and smokingstatues on Instagram. Anyways, I should stop plugging stuff. No, we're going to plug. We're going to plug like <laughs> okay, crazy. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Um, but yeah, the creative aspect is really fun. Um, I, I spray paint them. I have a little studio in my apartment um, that I built with like some pallets and a bunch of carton paper. 
Um, so nice. yeah, come by and check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. it. We got to get that. We got to get some of that film. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, so what's your ideal exit for smoking statues? I feel like you're the, I know Shraw Shraws, to me, that was your take over the world business, which it still can be. Uh, uh, what about smoking statues? Because yeah. this one seems really strategic. You're like, yeah. all right, we're going to make these. We're going to uh, put these in like specific stores from here to here, to here and go from there. Is it something where best case scenario, I'm just working here doing this? Is it selling? Is it doing something else at the same time? Um, I use so many hand signals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll answer this one over here. Uh, yeah, and over here. <laughs> no, I totally agree. That's a good question. Man. Um, I, I think that working with talented artists is really what we want to do um, and giving them a platform to sell their work. So I really see uh, smoke and statues as a blank canvas, a vessel for artists uh, to reach their audience. And so it's a really awesome thing where the, the Instagram platform is perfectly set up for what we want to do. And the reason for that is because there's so many painter, painters out there, there's so many visual artists out there, and we can connect and basically um, grow their network as we grow our network. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the long-term plan and, you know, exit strategy, I don't have one, which as an entrepreneur, I obviously should. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll explain that my, my goal is to sell a lot of figurines. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and go from there. I, I, I also really enjoy the environment of smoking statues. And I'll give you some other cool kind of long-term um, markets that we want to be, be in and, and ideas. Um, there's a lot of arts and music festivals that are popping up and a lot of live art events um, and places where people go to watch artists create art. And we want to be there and we want to be um, something where, uh, where you know, DJs can sell uh, their designs on our statues. We mm. want to have oversized yeah. statues to have as part of set designs with huge smoke machines oh, billowing nice. out the mouth. That's nice. Um, yeah. So That's just nice. like just big, like visual, yeah. just, 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 um, just, just be, be, um, be a, a positive part of a fun um, art scene that that we curate ourselves you know it smoke and statues is an art collective um and there's a number of awesome awesome artists that that uh have painted smoke and statues thus far the one that you have right here is my neighbor jose um who painted that um and that just shows like they're, they're, we have really talented professional veteran artists um like ian tartaski uh, who, who painted one um and then you it, you can just inspire people who don't really paint that much you yeah. know the person next door just gets into it so um yeah that's what we're all about so if there's any little tidbit of advice you can give to someone who's in your situation, minus smoke statues, someone who's thinking about doing something, they kind of have an idea, uh, or they're working on something in an earlier stage, well, what can you tell them? Maybe something about productivity, mental health, any yeah, advice sure, you're like, no, yeah. you need to know this yeah. before you get into this. It's, it's hard with advice um, because I feel like one of the reasons why I'm still doing this is because I don't listen to advice. So, um, but, but that's it. Don't I, yeah, listen. Yeah. I mean, certainly don't stop. You know, if, if, if you see the position that I'm in right now, um, as a 33 year old, um, who is working a regular job and is ready to give all of the extra hours that I have, um, towards something that I know to be an amazing opportunity. If, if, if that's you, then, then you shouldn't stop, you know? Um, but if it's not, 
um, that's okay too. You know, um, I don't really see what I'm doing as anything other than what I have to do. I, I really feel that I'm more afflicted with entrepreneurship um, than, than it is, you know, I just couldn't not do it. <laughs> um, I, and the idea of quitting, I mean, I, I've quit many times. I just stopped quitting. <laughs> you know I mean? So yeah, I, I don't quit. Sure. But I mean, it's like, that's hard. There's going to be times where you have to quit where, you know, you, you can't dedicate that time. You have to work, you have to pay the rent. You have to, there, there's, there's so many things that you might have to do other than the entrepreneurial passion that you have. And if you still have it after you have done all those other things, well, then don't stop. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So now it's time we're going to reiterate all the useful links where people can find you. Oh, all right. So, all right. Now, this is the Kickstarter, website, Instagram, all that we're going to do now. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, smokingstatues.com. Um, Instagram is smokingstatues. And then uh, the Kickstarter is kickstarter.com slash smokingstatues. It's a nice video, man. I've seen it. It's actually, it's really cool. And yeah. I, I like the fact that you're, I think that's the difference maker, man. Like they're like, yeah, there's people who are really good at business, but and now like all this information we're being flooded with, all these businesses we're being flooded with. I click on creative stuff. Like when I'm on YouTube, yeah. yeah, everyone hates ads. When I see something that's like funny or just like beautifully done, I'm going to click on it. It's like you earned this. Yeah. So like that, you got to check out the Kickstarter. It's funny. Uh, it's definitely neat. Mother statue. I got to see that. I got to find that yeah. one. Actually, if you're just looking to be entertained for three minutes, <laughs> go on YouTube and uh, click mother of statues. Um, it's an intergalactic origin story. And uh, it's, I mean, for me, it's the coolest video I've ever made. I, I really, we wanted to get weird, you know, nice. coming hey. from another direct, hey. you know? <laughs> you don't think about it too much. Just go with Let's it. Do it. Um, there's some, we, we shot it in different parts of Massachusetts and Haverhill and Lawrence and Revere and Chelsea. Um, we got some cool abandoned buildings in there. Uh, we have a beautiful actor. Uh, she, she's mother of statues and uh, she fights back, takes control and creates art. So check it out. Nice. Alex, thank you. Thank uh, you, Joel. Cool, man, man I, it's an honor. Seriously, I respect, I, I really look up to you. You know that. Um, and you've always been an inspiration um, with Fit Us and what you're doing here with the Moonlighters podcast. You know, um, I remember we worked together on Skills Club. Oh, yeah. Back of uh, UPS. Dude. Uh, when, yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's funny because there's like all this stuff we can get to at yeah. any point in due time. You're like, yo, that's good. But then you literally we just have another idea a week but later. That, yeah, that, that to me, what that was Moonlighters pure. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> we were in the back of this UPS office and uh, we were just doing startup stuff, you know. Yeah. Dude, well, dude, I'm going to keep, we're going to keep looking out for smoking statues, man. I'm going to grab a couple. I can't paint. But whatever. I'll just pay someone to do it. I'll just ask Rabbit. <laughs> so for all of you, uh, you can find all of our content, uh, uh, actually in a variety of places, always on the podcast, Moonlighters Club podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, um, except SoundCloud. It's not with it. Uh, <laughs> you don't need that. Uh, we're not a DJ. We don't need time. <laughs> we're, we're on YouTube. You can find not just interviews, but our, our showcases. So the live events that we've had in the past, we record all of those and put those out there. Um, and then feel free to go to our website, moonlightersclub.com. It's where we'll find all the info. So all your links, links to podcast episodes, videos. You can also uh, register if you want to speak on the Moonlighters Club or if you know someone who does all that right then and there. SEO game is crazy now. I literally sat down for like three days straight and updated the tags for everything. My tag game is insane. 
Hell yeah. It's work I don't ever <laughs> want to do again. So, <laughs> so again, Alex, thank you. This is super cool, man. We're going to have to do an event. We're going to have to get people like Peyton. I think it'd be super dope to mix up with some artists. Yeah, we've interviewed, already interviewed a bunch. I think it'd be super cool. Yeah, we've been doing events, and I'd love to do an event with you. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Let's do it. Joel, do it. thank you for having me. Yeah, man. And, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening again. We'll see you next time. Later, guys.